Hey, you guys. Um, so I just wanted to put this in just to, like, get into it. Like, the first two segments of this podcast are just little clips I took from conversations with my mother. And I think the first one we're talking about the energy. Sorry, the energy is so different from my mellow-ass, calm, quiet self to now. I was just, like, listening to part of the podcast, and I realized, like, I opened with the conversation with my mother where I was, like, literally on one, like, hyper as I had just had, like, a fuck ton of coffee, and we were talking about Alzheimer's, and we were discussing, like, the whole situation, and I was, like, fucking on one, talking to my mom, defending the fact that I wouldn't, for a moment, change anything about me taking care of her like because she's my fucking mom and I love her and so that's what you're gonna get into like so the energy is gonna shift right after I'm done talking here and it's gonna go from (laughs) calm cool relaxed Kayla to like hyper Kayla talking to her mom fucking on one about how absolutely not I would have it no other way like so I'm literally just like (laughs) I was listening to it. I was like, oh my God, I sound like fucking crackhead. And so I was like, I'm going to open this and give you a little intro. So, and then the second conversation, I'm not really sure. I think, I can't remember what the second one's about. You'll figure it out. I love you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's, that's the thing about this entire experience for, for me because you've always been my entire rock. So the fact that I have to become yours is not a problem for me. Like, it actually really fucks with me that you feel guilty or think that you'd ever be a burden to me because I'm like, bitch, you taught me everything I know. Like, everything. And on top of that, you made me in your belly, okay? You, you created my life in your body, Okay. So, like, there's not anything that I wouldn't do or even feel like it's a bother to me, you know? It's not like I have always struggled in my life separating myself from you as an individual. So, that's, like, literally, like, I've always been at your hip. And then, I mean, do you remember having to kick me out of your bed at 15? Yes. You're like, Kayla, (laughs) sleep in your own bed. Like, I just wanted to cuddle with my mom. Like... And, and it was and hilarious. Said, okay, come on. You couldn't even date because I was like, Who's, who the fuck's that guy? Oh, no. No. He seems like he's definitely going to take some of your time. He's got to go. And I was like, <laughs> not having it. It could have been the best dude in the world. And I'd be like, no, I don't like his beard. <laughs> <laughs> I can laugh because I know that. <laughs> and I'm sorry that I was such a dick oh, when I was a kid just to get rid of them, too. Oh, my God. I did everything I could to be rid of them. I was like, farewell, asshole. You're not taking my mother. It's so funny. But, but it's true. I mean, I knew that, too, you know, and I had to laugh, you know. But well, and, it, like... It's, it's understandable. I was your mother. And well, and you were also a single mother, like... It was just you and I for the long haul. Like, we would straight pack our bags and move to a different city, you know. I know. I know. But it's it's hard to go through that for, for any of these, you know, parents and 
and family and they're members, yeah it, you know they're looking at you and you're looking at them and you're going god how are we going to get through you know how we're going to get through this but the reality of the situation is that we had a great life Oh, we did. Well, and that's the thing. When I go, I go. Yeah, but you know, like I want to say, I want to almost compare it. Like, let's let's take a moment and entertain this concept, okay? What is something that happens when you discover that there's something going on beneath the surface? Yes. And you need to understand what that is. So you set a doctor's appointment. Yeah. The outcome can be Alzheimer's or it could be terminal cancer. The emotions are almost identical because you recognize that you, there's nothing that you can do. This is an inevitable fate that's coming. There's a designated timeline, but it's not really a, a solid estimate. It's just like a rough guess. And God willing, you'll stretch that shit out as much as you can. But in the process, let's say you have terminal cancer and you dreamed of climbing Mount Everest. The first fucking thing you're going to do is try and climb Mount Everest before you lose the ability to walk. Okay. That's why I said you have that trip of a lifetime that you've always wanted to take. You've always wanted to go to Europe. You've always wanted to do that. I know because I have listened to you talk and plan in detail. I actually moved the catalogs and the notebooks that you had set aside to plan your trip to Europe. Okay, so I know how much you wanted that. I think it's important and imperative that we plan that trip before it gets worse. worse. I agree. Because it's important that you're present and that you enjoy it and that you get to acknowledge and recognize that that's happening. That's right. And that we could document that trip together. Yeah. You know, like it's something, it's a memory. It's something you can look back on. When it's I'm gone. so important that we have yeah. that. And, yeah. and the same goes with terminal cancer patients. What do you do when you get diagnosed with terminal cancer? You turn to your loved ones yeah. and you ask if they can help you. Yeah. The same goes with getting dementia and Alzheimer's. Because you recognize there's going to come a time where you can't help yourself. And that's part of life. That's part of the circle. It fucking sucks. But when you have to turn and find someone to help you, it's usually the people that love you, that, you know, your family. There's no difference. And you don't see somebody with terminal cancer saying, I'm sorry, I'm such a burden. You don't see them saying that. No. They don't. (laughs) They're sad that that their time on this earth is ending and they're going to try the best that they can to enjoy what they have and they're going to try their best to to come to some type of summary on their life and feel Mm -hmm. really good about how they left yeah that's the same story with people with alzheimer's only the difference is toward the end you kind of fade out yeah as opposed to dying slowly and being consciously aware that you're dying, at least in this circumstance, maybe you're not going to be consciously aware that you're slipping away. Yeah. And like I said before, if I got to fucking change my name to Stephanie and tell you about how your daughter's on some hiatus out in the Sahara Desert <laughs> because you don't fucking recognize me, I will do that shit. I remember making up fucking large, tall tales to Jacob telling him that 
My fucking, you know, remember Grandma's car? Yeah. It was like the Pepto Bismol, yeah. the Mazda protege. Yeah. I was so embarrassed <laughs> that that was my car. Okay, I was. Because I knew I could do better, but I was going to school full-time. I had a three-year-old. I was, like, trying my best as a single mom, and that was yeah. the car that I had. Yeah. I was grateful to have a car. Yeah. At the same time, it didn't make me feel cool rolling up into school, like, popping and smoking. And, like, it just didn't <laughs> it'd be breaking down every two seconds. I was like, it's okay. It's good. But, like... I, Jacob was like, I could tell he was embarrassed, you know? Uh -huh. yeah. And so I remember telling, I just pulled this out of my ass one day. Because yeah. Jacob goes, Mom, how do you get everywhere so fast? And I go, Bubba, I got to tell you a secret, and I have been keeping this to myself, but I feel like you're old enough to hear it. <laughs> oh, no. I said, you know how I get everywhere on time, like barely making it? He goes, yeah. I go, all right. I like to call, you know how I call this a little red rocket? He goes, yeah. I go, well, that's because this button right here, and I pointed at the hazard lights. I go, this button right here is actually connected to a jet pack. And when, and he goes, well, why haven't you ever done it with me in the car? I go, do you know how irresponsible it would be for me as a parent who does not have her pilot's license to go flying with my three-year-old in the back seat? I don't think so, okay? What if we crashed? How would I live with myself? And so he was like, his eyes got so big and he was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And so <laughs> literally until he was like fucking five, Jacob thought that I was just out zipping around in a little jetpack car. Like, I swear to God, he really believed that. And I was sure. totally shameless. I didn't care. I was living it. And I, I was like, my kid thinks I'm the coolest bitch alive. Like, oh, God, I don't know what the fuck you're feeling ashamed of. But anyway, <laughs> that's the same story. So like, I'm not above... Yeah. Telling tall tales to make it easier on you mm -hmm. and the situation. Like, if it makes you happy, mm -hmm. like, why the fuck would I bring up that you got the word wrong? Yeah. I'm not going to correct that you got spatula wrong. I'm just going to let you call it the little flipper thing, you yeah. know? <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. It's just a word. If if my fixation on this word, spatula, it's is more important you. than your you sense of well-being... Instability and feeling confident and secure, yeah. then I'm a dick. Like, I'm not gonna care about the word spatula as much as I'm gonna care about how you feel. I know. And that's how I feel like I, I genuinely feel like you're you're gonna be okay. Like, you got a crazy bitch who's not I'll drift. I'll get off. creative as fuck if I can. But <laughs> before you drift off, I think it's really important that we take the time yeah. to see the people that you wanna see. Yeah. To go the places you want to go and to plan the way you want to plan. Yeah. Because I'm not willing to make a decision without knowing that you were able to make that choice. I mean, I'll make the decision. Obviously, I will. Yeah. But I would feel way better yeah, about making that decision if yeah. I knew that that was your wish. Yeah. So living well is essential. Right. And then also just planning like, okay, so timeline what do we want to do for that? Yeah. <clears throat> and I'll do it because honestly, like priorities, man. Yeah. I don't fucking care about dating. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa called me today. She I... goes, how's your love life? I go, non-existent. <laughs> and she was like totally bewildered. She goes, what? And I go, yeah, no, I'm not fucking dating anybody right now. Like, I mean, I'm talking to some guy in Tacoma. Uh -huh. 
he's super cute, but <laughs> <laughs> and he's smart and he's cool, but like he's in Tacoma and I have shit going on down here and I'm sure he's got shit going on up there and it's oh, yeah. not anything like super serious. Yeah. We just like entertain each other and, and discuss yeah. things and that's great, yeah. but it's not like I'm planning on moving to Tacoma Yeah. and you know, planning my future with the dude that normally yeah. in the past, I probably yeah. would have been that crazy, but yeah. the point is. I got other shit to focus on right now. Yeah. And I'm completely cool with that because I need to be single anyway. I'm new to sobriety. Yeah. I got a lot of shit to focus on with Jake. I want to make sure he's okay. Yeah. I got to make sure Braylon goes into her teens not hating me. <laughs> and that means I got to be there a lot more than I have been. That look. Mm-hmm. I know I'm in deep shit. Oh, Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> dude, if looks could kill, that little girl's got yeah. the, it's a Scorpio moon. It's her Scorpio moon. She, that little girl's eyes could rip your soul out of your body. Know, it I'm is hilarious. Like, and I'm like, oh. Well, it doesn't help that she's a Gemini rising. So she's like super fucking fast thinking and smart. Yeah. It's, and then she's got the dual personalities where she could be the sweetest kid on the planet and like a fucking nightmare sometimes if she yeah. if she decides she wants to be a nightmare oh, she, she could is. be a full-blown nightmare oh, but yeah. if she it. doesn't feel like she wants to take that route she could go be a cherub you know and so yeah I, I i think that she's an amazing girl yeah we are very 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 lucky to have her and that's the way i look at my family is that no matter what i'm gonna love them oh ditto kiddo <laughs> Ditto. Yeah, I got Ditto, it. kiddo. Yeah, that's that is that is something I'm not ever gonna doubt. Well, I think that we've had enough serious conversations for tonight. I think so too. I'm emotionally pooped. I am too. But I love you. I love you. Home, <laughs> and I don't have enough money to have somebody with her twenty four seven. Well, I think it's interesting that yeah. Grandma had Alzheimer's. Yes. And you had the same experience of taking care of her. Yeah. But the situation's different in this in this scenario because I just so happened to be off work when we realized what the fuck was going on. Yeah. I was like in a state of flux and I was like, whoa. Yeah. And it, it was like this place in time where everything was frozen. And, you know, I want to say like the first couple weeks that I recognized what was going on with you, I just spent every waking moment with you watching movies, cuddling, eating snacks. And it was like when we were little yeah. on the orange ranch and we would like eat oranges and go catch tadpoles and like eat honeysuckles and swing around in the hammock and, yeah. you know, chase the kitties around the eucalyptus grove. It was like a really great childhood, yeah. but for a period of time, it felt like a little hideaway, you yeah, know, like it was. it was an out, you're free from the outside world and you're, happy you know and I was content oh it was wonderful and I'm so glad that I had it but at the same time I'm comparing it to what what we were doing earlier this year where we were in this little nestled cocoon of just remember when we got sick like three times back to back and it was like we were just totally content hanging out and having like the best motherfucking time and it was and I was so glad to have that experience I was like look I could be out getting shit-faced running from an abusive dude who does meth all the time <laughs> while trying to going, somehow maintain functionality and be a city bus operator. But at the same time, 
I needed the pause to get my shit together and recognize what's important to me. And what's important to me is my family. More than anything else. When everything hits the fucking shit fan. Everything. Jake will figure that out too. Else reduces in importance and it becomes the core focus of me is just my family. And I think when I get into these places where I feel super devastated about what's going on and I'm having a hard time grasping it. I tend to withdraw quite a bit and it's one of the main reasons why I haven't seen anyone or talked to anyone. Uh, When I talked to Lisa today, Mm -hmm. she was telling me about her construction company and I was like, oh my God, when did that start? And she's like, oh, you know, three months ago. And I was like, oh my fucking God, like I've really been in a cocoon (laughs) and it was, it was hard to recognize that I have that tendency to just pull away. And I think it's responsible for why a lot of my friendships end Because I just tend to withdraw, like, if it's too much for me to handle on an emotional scale, I minimize everything in my life to the point where it's just the bare minimum, and I can get through that time if I just do A, B, and C, and repeat. (laughs) Like, every day. (laughs) Every day repeat. But in order for us to really feel fulfilled and grow... Mm -hmm. I have to expand my horizons, so. But I'm glad that, I'm really glad that you're here. I'm glad to be here. I feel like we must have done something right karmically. Yeah, to To be able to allow this time together. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like how the two kitties showed up the same day Mm -hmm. from different litters, but they're little besties. Yeah. Like, it just so happens that my mom is my bestie, and we just so happen to have this period of time where it's okay for this brief moment that I'm not working, Mm -hmm. and that all we do is just hang out for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it has to change. Oh, it will. And it will. But I'm grateful to have this little tiny window, because I know that you didn't have that. You know, I know that Grandma probably really wanted you to hang with her. I did. And I know that you did because you would call me and be like, okay, I'm on my way to go see grandma. Like, and I never took advantage of that. I was just like a selfish 20 year old, you know, like (laughs) I didn't understand the severity of it. I didn't recognize that I wouldn't ever truly know her in person at the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think maybe part of me felt like it was already too late. Yeah. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want to torture myself, but I also failed to recognize that I could have been there to support you emotionally. And I didn't see. You were 20 years old. Yeah. I just didn't understand. I was. What the fuck? Yeah. And losing my grandmother and losing my mom were really hard things. I think it's weird that your grandmother died of terminal cancer and then your mom died of Alzheimer's because the, the ended fate. Like how I said with the example earlier, Mm -hmm. like once you reach the diagnosis, it's the same almost subset of feelings and emotions that follow soon after, you know, like it just floods in and you have to come to terms with a lot of stuff and nobody talks about it. Nobody discusses what the fuck that feels like and how do you even begin to understand what that is? You know, like it's, it's just a really... It is hard. Difficult thing, yeah. And I, I've i tried many times to put myself in your shoes. Yeah, my grandmother was an amazing 
she, I really wish that you had really known her, but um, she was a really amazing woman. And let me tell you, she didn't put up with shit. <laughs> you told me about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I will tell you that she was an amazing woman, too. And she took care of my grand, my great-grandfather, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, she was there for him, big time, on the day that he died. Really? How did he how did he pass away? He passed away from a stroke. Hmm. And you know, they were close. They were really close. And I thought my grandmother was just gonna die. You know. She just loved him and it was so clear. I feel like that's how Braylon is with, with Brent. Yeah. I mean, she's so cute because this morning we were driving to school <laughs> and she was just like sitting there looking out the window and she's like I miss my dad. And I thought, how sweet, you know, like, she's just such a sweet kid. And I love how close they are. Like, I'm, you know, I talk a mad game because I've had my irritations with Brent. Yeah, of course. But I'm always going to be eternally grateful for how close they are. I'm so It really makes a huge, it's almost like we're healing some type of generational wound with that. Like, knowing that she has a dad that loves her that's always going to be there for her. Uh It ends with her, you know, because your mom didn't have that. No. You didn't get to have that. I didn't get to have that. And it, end, it ends with Braylon. Yeah. Jacob didn't get to have that. Jacob had a fucking nightmare dad that tortured him half the time. Yeah. I mean, psychologically, but still. Nonetheless. He definitely made his mark, that's for sure. That's for sure. But I'm grateful that, you know, at least Braylon was spared that. Oh, I am too. I mean, because the amount of damage that that can do <laughs> psychologically to a child is just, yeah. even with just the absence, you know, it can really be difficult. So a lot of compensating. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And I think that, you know, it's not easy for any family member who loves that person to see them go down. Yeah. You know, it's. No matter what, you know in your mind that you can't change it. Yeah, it's like this inevitable fate. It's an inevitable thing, and you still fucking hate it. Yeah, of course. Like, I said, uh, I kind of described it to, God, I think I was talking to my friend Chase. I said, it's like the most heartbreaking thing. Yeah. Because I understand, like... Like, how important Nicole and Rita and Thea are to you? Uh And all these people in your life that you've spent time with, building memories and connections with. And I recognize how important they are to you. Oh, yeah. And then knowing that at some point, it'll be where they come to see you sometimes, Mm -hmm. fucks me up inside. It fucks me up inside. Because it's such an isolating thing, yeah. you know? And I didn't, I didn't ever want that for you. Like, I never thought that yeah. that would be a thing for you. And so I will not, I won't be able to control that. No. And I won't be able to stop that from happening. And that's okay because I'll be here for you three times as much. You know what I mean? Like, but it, I'm just thinking to myself, like, 
I could be there as much as I want and that's still going to have an effect on you, you know, to some degree. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not doubting how dedicated these women are to you. Oh, yeah. I know that they would go to the ends of the earth for you and they're always going to be there even to the fucking end. But regardless of how much they love you or how committed they are to you, the relationship dynamics will eventually shift and change as they will for everyone going through this. Yes. And I won't be able to stop that. I can't stop what's happening to your brain. No. And it's like watching your kid. It's like watching your kid kind of get bullied at school. Like how, like when I was little, I I didn't have any friends and we moved and I was always like this weird little duckling and I was just like painfully awkward and like, you couldn't protect me from that. There's nothing that you could do. You tried your hardest to help me, but there was no way you could influence how other people treated me. You could do your best to try. You could set things up and coordinate as best you can. But at the end of the day, I still ended up at a sleeping sleepover thing getting locked out of the room by daniel phillips you know like it didn't matter how hard i tried i'd still be ostracized at the end because i was just that weird fucking girl you know like and i get it like i just developed a little later and you couldn't protect me from that the same can be said for how i'm scared about what is to come that i can't protect you from that it's a strange circle that we seem to be going in you know like yeah it's not easy but yeah you you have to think about the fact that you know our relationship is and will be Mm -hmm. in our life yeah yeah it's always going to be super always going to be there i'm always (coughs) super intact the day i die i'm going to always remember my grandmother and my grandfather yeah Yeah. But it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that I, you know, I really wish I could have been there longer with them. But the reality is that I let them know, you know, who I was and how much I love them. And they knew that. Yeah. There wasn't any question with my grandparents that that was exactly what was happening, you know? Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't hide me from the the rough endings, you know, the fact that she was dying in the in the bedroom, you know. Was, uh, yeah, it's hard to shield your kids from the truth, you know. Oh god, especially like that. Well, and it's hard to describe to Braylon like yeah. because Braylon doesn't understand no. <laughs> a lot of it. Like yeah. she gets really frustrated. <laughs> she does. Uh because she takes offense, you know, to everything. Yeah. She's 10. She's 10. It's common. It's okay. Pretty much. But, like, she doesn't... She can't figure out why you'll be so irritated or so, like, what What do you mean? You know? Because it's not like you're trying to be like that. Yeah. It's just that after all the bullshit that you deal with constantly <laughs> and after this really difficult diagnosis and trying to come to terms with that, it's just more of a struggle to push out the nice voice tone. You know, like, I don't want to sit here and think about how the fuck I'm saying something. I just want to say it. And if I'm irritated and frustrated and fucking sad, 
I'm going to sound like an asshole, okay? I'm sorry. Yeah. And Braylon, you know. She doesn't see that. No. She and she doesn't understand it because it, for her, it's all about subtlety, you know, because she's very Cancerian. And so yeah. it's just, it's a difficult one to explain. Same with Jacob. Jacob doesn't understand that he can't expect you to be cool with fucking 87 kids showing up randomly. Like it's a, it's a situation where we need to control the environment children. Like we can't expect Nana not to be having a hard time with this. And we can't expect her to be fine with whatever the fuck it is you've concocted in your mind that you would like to do for this evening. Like you got to find your own path, buddy. Like it's not here because I got to make sure this woman is square. Okay. <laughs> I got her 87 coloring books this week. <laughs> I've made 57 pork chops. <laughs> and four packs of ginger ale. All right. <laughs> we are locked and loaded. And we don't have time for motherfucking Jordan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Jordan. I'm just kidding. But like. <laughs> but it's true. Because it's like constantly a battle to like. Just. Let the kids know, like, listen, we're doing something over here. We're trying to keep things mellow. <laughs> and it's hard. It's difficult for them to really understand because they're children, you yeah, know. they're children. They're still, you know, hanging in there. Yeah. It's like Jake, you know. Well, I'm sure I could just blow and everything would be fine. You know? I think the hardest, the hardest, like, maybe not Alzheimer's being the worst. Mm-hmm. I think the worst would be a mother watching her child get sick. Because my friend Tara is doing that right now. Leukemia. Yeah. And and their entire family has had to completely change all forms of connection with the outside world and being aware of his temperature and if he's got a bloody nose and like all these things where they have to be hypersensitive about germs and like oh, yeah. being mindful of his of his condition. Um Like his little, his big sister can't have sleepovers. Like they've gone almost two years without seeing any other child in that house because they can't risk his immune system being compromised. I think that would be far worse than what we're doing here because he, as opposed to the children trying to understand what you're going through, Tara has to make Cooper understand what he's going through and allow him to feel his own emotions and process them and not give up and not feel tired at the same time she has to keep a brave face on and hold it all together but she's got the chart for it man she's got this the fucking eighth house chart this bitch is fucking mother she is the mother (laughs) she will get all the motherfucking appointments done she knows what his temperature is every 10 minutes and he's going to get through it because she's diligent and she loves her fucking kids. Oh, yeah. And it is, it is a classic eighth house stellium right there. And I knew when he got diagnosed, I was like, honestly, this fucking sucks because there's not a better family. That yeah. They're just amazing. And I love them so much. I'm not close with them as much as I used to be, but mm-hmm. I very much admire them. Yes. And I'm always joking with them saying, like, you guys need your own fucking reality TV show. <laughs> Because they're the most entertaining people I've ever met in my life. I'm like, seriously, how the fuck do you not have a camera crew right now? Or a podcast or a YouTube, like something. Yeah. The people need you, okay? What are you doing? And so anyway, yeah, really. <coughs> I always give them shit about that. But I thought to myself, like, 
oh, fuck, dude, this is happening to, like, the best family I know. And then I realized that if this is going to happen to a child, if there was ever a family that could get through this together, it's their family. Yeah. Because they're all intelligent, they're all fucking funny, they're all smart, and they're all hermits. (laughs) Like, they don't mind that there has been another child two years ago. They don't care that there's not 87 sleepovers because they're very much introverts. And it cracks me up because they're so funny. You would not expect them to be that introverted. But every single member of that family, even Logan. Logan's, like, super social and stuff. Uh But deep down, he's really an introvert. I can tell hardcore. This dude loves to hole up with Tara. (laughs) <laughs> they love to just hermit, man. Yeah. And so I thought, like, when they got that diagnosis, I just, I looked at her chart and I was like, I don't know, is it eighth house because of death? No, the eighth house naturally represents cancer, the mother. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, whoa, dude, that's so fucking sick. Like, I can't remember how exactly I came to the conclusion that it was an aspect in her chart that I was looking at. And I was like, yo, like, she's got it. She'll be okay. And I remember telling her that, and I got a tingle on it. So I know that Cooper's going to make it, but I I would say that if I I had to compare, that situation is definitely the hardest. Yeah, I think it's one of the hardest things a parent would ever have to go through. So I just am grateful that the kids are alive and healthy, even if they're struggling with their mental health sometimes. Yeah, we're thinking, we're going to lose it. Yeah. Don't mind me, I'm just blowing snot up. I know it's the most attractive sound on the planet. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to okay. make us something to eat or yeah, please. maybe get us burrito or something. Oh. Are you hungry? What are you hungry for? You're not hungry. I'm fucking ravenous. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of something to eat. I'm working on it. Okay. All right, let's try and watch something funny. Yo, what up? It's your girl, Kilowatt. It is three in the morning. And I just woke up from the world's greatest nap with the cutest kid. (laughs) Seriously, like, I don't know what it is about age 10 as a little girl, but they're just so fucking cute, dude. Like, because they're trying to figure out their bodies. They got all these feelings about these boys at school. (laughs) Boys are girls. Uh, We have, like little buddies that are um in the LGBTQ plus community, which I fully love and support that they're able to be themselves at 10. And um, Braylon's actively aware of her, her friends that are in that community. And anyway, <laughs> just talking to her and watching her, it makes me feel like everything's going to be okay. Like, when you're dealing with that level of innocent, it's just refreshing. Like, because everything is so possible in their eyes. You know, there's nothing that they can't do. There's no possibilities that aren't, that they're not willing to explore. And I love, like, conversations with Braylon because she's so, her perspective of the world is just so beautiful. And so I spent the evening with Braylon and my mom. We got a pizza and watched the movie Megan, which is a cool movie if you haven't seen it. It's about AI. And um, it was a good night. I, Jacob and Summer came over and 
I think right now as a family, we're really trying our best to stay on the right path. Like all of us are really focusing on our mental health right now and the things that we need to maintain in order to have a healthier lifestyle, which I'm really grateful that this is the primary focus of our family. I mean, it's it's rare that you have every single person in the family, like really checking into how they feel about things, processing everything they've gone through, because we really have as a family gone through a lot and recognizing where we want to go next. And so Jacob's girlfriend, Summer, is, uh, She's going into a treatment facility, uh, inpatient for three months on Tuesday. And Jacob is checking himself into the outpatient program so he can still work and make money for rent and things like that because he's moved out. And I'm really proud of him for taking that step and for asking for help to get himself clean and to clear his life up and to address his own mental health issues because he wants to live and he's afraid that he'll die if he continues on that path. And so as a mother, there's no greater blessing than recognizing your child is willing to change for the better, especially if you've been on this downward spiral of just being absolutely terrified he's going to fucking kill himself or overdose somewhere and the level of toxicity that comes with the like addiction mental health addiction is just is really deep people will do things that they don't that they normally wouldn't do in their own personal character they wouldn't steal from their little sister they wouldn't steal from their family or hurt their parents to some degree because of their own personal resentments for things that happened in their childhood. When I was talking to a friend tonight about how parents can overcompensate when they feel guilty about things that have happened in their, in their kid's childhood, you know, they have a tendency to feel guilty and then like, become the the hovering parent, the helicopter parent that just does too much and almost ruins their child's opportunity of getting better and finding things out on their own. Like, it's, it's hard to take a hands-off approach, especially when you feel responsible for some of the fucked-up shit this kid's working through. And so... I'm really learning that balance and I was grateful for my friend's insight tonight because I needed to understand that about my relationship with Jacob. Like he went to a softball game this week with Braylon because we couldn't find the car key. And so I needed to get out to Wilsonville and Jacob volunteered to drive me when I called him and I told him what was going on and um when we were at the softball game Brent and Kayla were there and Jacob was just he got hit by like a feeling of sadness like he had to walk away because he was looking at Brent and for him that was like looking at his dad you know like Brent's not his biological father but He did help raise him from 3 to 16, and the way that things fell apart 
and everything that happened between us. There was some fucked up shit that happened between Jacob and Brent and his family. But that was just a kid. Like, really, what I, don't, I could be excusing things. I know it was fucked up. But when you think about it, it was a kid that literally was just really fucking angry about about the level of abandonment and betrayal that happened for him with his family and feeling like nobody gave a fuck about him, so why should he care about them? That type of thing. So, and I'm not going to go into explicit, like explicit detail, but there was, there was a situation that happened like last year where the end result was Jacob being cut out of that family completely. And for me as a person with children, there's literally nothing that my children could do where I would just cut them out of my life. Like that's super fucking convenient. Like, I'm sorry. I don't really want to deal with your mental health and addiction issues. So now that you fucked up to this degree, I can now use this as an excuse to no longer fuck with you. But that doesn't take away the years that I've spent being your parent. So for me to see that happen between Jacob and Brent, And to see him completely abandon him and then watch my child deal with that. On top of my own personal abandonment issues with how things went, like, it only adds to this weird fucked up feeling of resentment. And I'm really trying to process that and, like, work through it because I don't want to go forward in this life having any more fucked up feelings about anything that's happened in the past like I really like when I say that I'm over it I'm like super fucking over it and there's a difference so what's the opposite of love it's hate that's what they say but the actual opposite the actual opposite of love is indifference and you can tell that you still have really strong feelings for someone if you're willing to hate them In this situation, I'm becoming more and more indifferent because I'm genuinely moving past everything that's happened. And now my primary focus is just my children getting through this okay. And so when we were at the softball game, Jacob got really sad and he walked away. And I, like, I went over and I checked on him and he was like, you know, maybe if I had a positive male figure that actually fucking stayed around in my life to help me get through this, like, I would be okay. But he didn't have that. And it's just very sad. And I just really fucked up. Like, it really hurt me to hear him say that because I tried so hard to give that to him. And so I I realized that like later tonight when I was sitting thinking about stuff and I was like, dude, like this fucking kid has been through so much and he's right. Like maybe if, cause his own dad, like seriously, the guy was like fucking absent for so long and then came into the picture pretending to be hands-on and literally fucked up and made it worse. Like he made it so much worse. And he's done nothing but make our life more difficult. There, I literally have have never breathed easier because of Brad. Like, at this point, I'm so fucking grateful that Jacob's 18 and I never have to speak to that fucker ever again. Like, 
I just can't. Like, I I don't concern myself with what his dad's doing anymore. And my only primary focus when Jacob talks to me about his dad is protecting Jacob from his father. And the fact that you have to protect your kid from their parent is really sad. And so Jacob did. He made an excellent point. You know, like, maybe if he did have a stable, positive male influence that actually stayed and helped him, that actually practiced what they preached of when the rubber hits the road, families there. Like maybe if he actually had that figure, that person that was there raising him, promising to be there for him, actually show up for him and really follow through with it, with what he had promised. Jacob wouldn't be this far gone, you know, at the same time, I said to Jacob, I said, listen, like, we could always get mad about the things that happen or we could just work with what we got and move on. Like, that's all that you can do. And you're right. Yeah, it would it would have been better if maybe even I had a dad growing up. You know, it would have been better for a lot of people if things didn't happen in their life. But the problem is what's done is done. Like, you can't undo the past. And all you can do is just move forward and and do as well as you can. And so he's dealing with his own feelings there. I'm just mainly watching him because he's making some really positive choices. And I'm really proud of him for that because I didn't expect this level of growth for the the age that he is. I mean, he's 18 years old for Christ's sake. Like when I was 18, I was running around thinking I had it all figured out. I had nothing figured out. <laughs> I was like judging everything my mother did because I thought I knew better, you know, and, um, he's wise enough to say like, you know, I, I understand that you did the best that you could and he gives me that grace, you know, and I love that about him. He's a really smart kid and he's, (laughs) he's like my favorite little rebel. And so, I am always going to back him. And so when he came over with Summer, they were talking about their plans for going into inpatient and outpatient. And for the first time in his life, since he started doing drugs and things like that, he's actively looking to clean himself up and get his life turned around. Because he didn't like who he was when he made those choices that got him kicked out of that family. He didn't like who he was when he abused the connection that me and Braylon had with him and, you know, stole from us as a family. Like he doesn't like feeling like the bad kid, you know, like nobody wants to be this outcast. He just wants to be accepted. He's always wanted to be accepted. He's always been treated like this bad problem child. And the the thing is, is that he never asked for any of the shit that he's gone through. He's never asked to have a fucking crazy dad. He's never asked to have a family fall apart. He didn't ask to go to foster care system. Like all of these things are just what happened. And he's working through them as best he can as a young 18 year old man. And I'm teaching him like, listen, Becoming a man has nothing to do with 
money. It has nothing to do with looking good or having the perfect life. It has everything to do with the choices that you make and why you make them. When you make a decision, are you thinking about the people that you love? Are you protecting your family? When you go through this life, what drives you? Is it what you want, the image of what you want, or is it who you're going to be? Because there's a major difference in those two things. And so I am trying to teach my 18-year-old son how to be a man when I'm a woman. (laughs) And I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. And I'm really trying my best to help him become the best man that he can be. And I think I'm going along or going about it the right way. So it's just some of these things that I was discussing with my friend tonight, I was like, okay, really valid points. I feel terrible. I was supposed to, as soon as Braylon and I were hanging out, I was going to go talk to him on the phone later. And I fucking fell asleep. I had like this cute little 10 year old girl, like in the crux of my elbow, like, or my armpit. Like she was just like nestled in and she's like a fucking furnace, man. Like she's so warm and snuggly. And like, (laughs) Like, have you ever seen, like, a, a video of, like, a mama bunny and a baby bunny all nestled in? Like, that's literally what, like, <laughs> it's, like, what we looked like. It was so cute. And I was, like, dude, oh, my God. And so I failed hard because we were going to chat later tonight and I didn't get a chance to. So I listened to some of the messages he sent me and I felt a little better about how I was approaching this and what I've been working with. And it's nice to meet somebody that has, you know, similar life events and circumstances. And so anyway, it's just nice to get insight on mental health and addiction and raising a child, you know, like having somebody to bounce stuff off of. It's been a long time since I really had that from a male perspective outside of James, um, who, by the way, I need to get back in touch with. I feel bad. I, I kind of detached from my best friend, James, here uh, the last couple weeks because I've been really putting the primary focus on my mom. And I think when Alana passed his wife, Alana, when she died, I was so scared that he was going to kill himself. Like that was a big fear of mine and I'm not going to fucking cry again. I'm sorry. I was really worried about that. And, um, (coughs) pardon me. Um, Hold on, I'm going to take something to drink. Dude, like, once I quit drinking, it's all about the diet (laughs) 7-Up. Okay. I realized that I detached from James because I had been giving an excessive amount of energy. Like, I spent every, every moment of the day checking in with that guy and doing everything I could to help make his life a little easier for a little while. Um, but that amount of energy expenditure could not be maintained. Like as I sat there on his couch, drinking coffee, talking with him about Alana, trying to make his life a little easier by cleaning or going grocery shopping, those things, right? I took my energy away from my own family to help him get through that time. 
And I know that it was really pivotal in keeping him alive. And I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. At the same time, it just got to be, it got me to a point where I just couldn't ignore my family anymore. Like my mother needed me. My kids needed me. It was time. And so I really shifted the focus to my children and my mom right now and getting her house ready so I can go back to work and just making sure that everything's okay and spread away. And it was difficult because I know that James really recognized my absence and I recognized his, like I've been in partnership since I was 18 years old. Okay. So like I do partnership really well. Like I, I just operate better as somebody who has a partner, you know, and I'm used to bouncing things off the other and taking their valuable insight. Often it's a masculine insight. And so, because I'm, uh, I'm a straight female. And so like, I don't, I don't usually get like the, the feminine perspective. It's always masculine. And, um, I value it because I really lacked that energy in my life as a child. So I didn't know how to possess it and demonstrate to my children how to have that energy and and do it well. And so anyway, James is a really big help through the course of my divorce and also through my sobriety. And I was a big help through his dealing with the loss of his wife. And so that time has passed now and I've had to shift my focus back to my family, but I do miss having that male influence. And so it was really refreshing tonight to have a few conversations with somebody else who was a man. Like it's a different kind of, but not just like a, like not just a dude, but like an actual father who's a good father, who's a good person having conversations with someone like that is really useful for me. And I really, I didn't realize how much I missed that. And so that's duly noted, but I just wanted to share some of the things that I was thinking about tonight because I don't know. I mean, it's the Scorpio eclipse on the 5th of May yesterday. And so I wanted to, pull some stuff out of the closet and just really sift through it because it seemed like it needed to be addressed. And that's what's going on in our life right now as a family. I have two conversations with my mother that I'll probably sprinkle in here because I love our conversations. And I think that the more that I can share them, the better off I'll be. So I love you guys and I'll talk to you later. Bye.